There is this big trend growing and revolutionizing the entire real estate market on what to invest, where to invest, and how to invest to grow your wealth. By shifting your investment from purely local to overseas as well, it just opens door for you to expand your wealth and benefit, both the visible ones and non-visible ones. Hi, this is Renee. For the past decades, I helped early-stage investors and business owners to find the ideal property investment abroad that align with their financial goal. Today, I teach as well in my academy the necessary principles and skill sets on property investment. But it isn't that long ago that I lacked the experience and confidence to do so. During my journey in helping investors navigate their right investment path. I observed changes on market trends, missing components on investment assessment, expensive mistakes, and sometimes even traps that most investors have come across, which can just be avoided only if someone has reminded them. That's why I create these overseas property investment made easy podcasts to give you up-to-date insights. Tips and investment strategies, so that you can make well-informed and educated decisions on what to invest based on your very unique situation. If you are new to property investment, or if you have already the experience to invest but are now looking for inspirations and insights for your next investment move, this very timing. You are in the right place. Now, let's just get started. These days, many people fail to see the structural changes in the real estate cycle. That's why there are people keep jumping into investment opportunities, which, from my perspective, are either too good to be true or no longer performing. I believe the fundamental reason for that is. They haven't given themselves the time and updated insights or knowledge to help them reassess what exactly are they signing themselves up for. So in this episode, I'm going to share two critical insights, which I advise every single real estate buyers to keep that in mind before they really go ahead to put the name on the paper and sign the deal. This episode is particularly important for four types of investors. Number one, first-time or early-stage overseas real estate buyers. Number two, investors who rely on buy-to-let approach for passive income. Number three, investors who are taking advantage of the post-pandemic real estate investment opportunities. Number four. Investors who see the importance and value of having an exit strategy in place for their real estate investment. And for those who are new here, let me introduce myself. I am Renee, host of this CEO podcast and CEO of Santigon Onion Investment Club. Many of you might wonder, why do I need to listen to this episode? Well, in the past five years, I witnessed deals that over eighty percent the the real estate investor have signed themselves up, and in the end, with the following three factors I'm going to mention, 
90% of the time, all the deals that they signed up for themselves become underperforming deals in their portfolio. So these three factors include, number one, deals that looks inexpensive. Number two, deals that comes with years of guaranteed rental returns. Number three, deals that comes with a buyback guarantee. Number four, investors who believe that they are buying at good terms in good location. Now, many people after closing these deals, they come back and ask me for advice because it doesn't turn out to be what they perceived. Well, look, I have a full training on how to qualify deals, but there is one thing I always share and remind my friends, clients, or even students. That is, nothing is guaranteed, especially when it comes down to investment. If you are neither investing in debt or a property which come with actually the actual tenant or a lease signed, I personally opt out for this kind of guaranteed deals. Think about it. If a property, whether we are talking about a residential property, a commercial properties, or even a hotel deal, for example, in any form, if they have a market, it gets listed out or sold out within a short period of time. So why will one need to border guaranteed deals for an exit plan or for a rental returns in order to get a buyer in? This brings out the very first insight that I observed and I want to share it with you. And before I kicked off with that, let me ask you guys a questions. For those who are in love with buying buy-to-let property, what drives your rental up? Another question for those who are looking to do fixed and flip property, what leads to the exit of the deal? Guess what? Yes, simple. That is the demand. The demand from your tenant or the demand from the buyer. But what I find interesting is that most people have yet been able to see the fundamental changes that's happening. Therefore, there are still people making investment judgment or decision that's based on impermanent demand. You might be wondering, what exactly does it mean? Well, let's take a step back to recall how does the first version of the real estate cycle look like. Let's say you are in country A. At the very first beginning, most of the time, people are buying a residential property, either because of family expansion or upgrading the standard of living. And of course, with local demand increases, the developers will then build more to cope with the local needs. And then comes stage two, globalization. That is when expatriates start to move into country A for work or for business. 
And of course, with more expatriates coming in, the demand for rental property started to stir up. This is the time when some of the locals who have the extra money on hand that they see the opportunities of just buying the property and rent them out to the expatriates because they know that by doing this, they will get a better returns on investment than just putting the money in the bank. And at the same time, the property appreciation across the time will lead to their wealth multiplying. All of the cycle seems super well. And then interesting thing happens because when country A getting more and more expatriates come in, that means that there's high demand for properties. And investors from overseas also get excited about the rental returns. That's the time when these kind of international investors come in. And things start to change. Because the external wave of demand from overseas investors on properties in country A basically get the price. Leading that there are three interesting phenomena happens. Number one, the government needs to put in place different strategies or taxation policy to cool down the heat. And number two, the local failed to afford because the prices have been jet up by a lot of overseas investors. And number three, the locals who either have the money but find it is no longer rewarding or the locals who don't have the money are now both looking for alternative approach to buy property. So what's next? That means they will need to look for another country. You might be wondering, so um, what's the problem? Well, let's get on and you understand. As we see previously, these people in country A, they start to look for alternatives in other countries. Let's call it country B. Country B then, of course, they actually go through the same cycle like country A does. Property demand driven by local needs, rental market mainly driven by expatriates who come for work, or even students who come abroad to study. And as globalization comes in, the demand for rental properties increases further. These, as a result, attract not only investors from country A, the local investor from country B, but basically every single country around the world who wants a good rental returns. And this is what I call the new real estate cycle bond. You might still say, well, that's good, right? Because investors are getting better rental returns there. Well, yes and no. Because there are three hidden challenges that most investors fail to see. Number one, illiquid problem. Huge demand for rental properties does not necessarily mean that at the end of the days, the local can afford it. 
Okay, it's just saying that there's high demand for lease. It doesn't mean that that somebody's willing to pay for the price to buy it off from you. Okay, so in fact, this becomes a problem because there are already a lot of investor all over the place now that they originally buy the property for rent. Now they can't exit. That means they can't sell it out. Number two. The wrong match. Most of these types of properties are actually built for expatriates instead of building for the local. That means that the flat makes the design or sometimes the facilities they are all built for the need of the expatriates instead of the local needs. In fact, if you have kept track on the international property market trends, you will see one thing, one little thing there is. The size of the property, you will be able to find that. Chances are, most of these sort of apartments in big demand by the expatriates for rent are those that are studios or one-bedrooms apartments. Of course, people will say, "Well, because the expatriate needed." Yes, but on the other way around, you look at it, the. Overseas investors love it because number one, it's easy to rent, and number two, the amount of capital required for such property is comparatively small in terms of the lump sum, and that's why the overseas buyer hate it. But if you're smart enough to work on the price, you will actually find that the price per square meters or the price per square foot. Is actually much higher, and most of the time the local fail to afford it. And that brings us to number three, oversupply. Chances are most of the buy-to-let projects are built by big groups, big overseas investors who backed most of their decisions based on the fact that the overseas buyers will buy it. And then, when this type of investor entered the market, most of the time the government hasn't realized or even have in mind how much land they should sell to these developers or big investor to build a project. That means there's no control at all on the supply, and. There are many cases that we have seen that, say for example in Malaysia. Or I would say in Philippines, for example, or even Cambodia, there are huge supply of residential properties, and they are empty. So these will create problems because when all these projects are completed, and the promissory buyers got the apartment. There will be a high chance that they fail to get a good rental returns, if not a tenant. So, on these aspects, I'll always advise every single friend of mine, or even my students or my clients, that when it comes down to assessing an investment opportunities, it's always important to look at the exit plan first. Rather than on how good the deal is in terms of price, in terms of terms, at the moment when you are presented the deal, 
Okay, it's not about what it is presented. It's about whether you get an exit plan in place and how much you're going to get out of the deal in the end. Cool. Then some of you might come and say, yeah, but Renee, I am a long-term investor and I'm ready to hold a property for more than 10 years. The deals that I have invested, you know what, comes with a guaranteed returns as well. Wow. That is the time when I say, hmm, hmm. I can always reflect when things come with guaranteed. Investments involve risk. And guaranteed is something that I personally reflect a lot because nothing is guaranteed these days. That's why I come and bring in insight number two, change of trend. With COVID hits, everybody knows that nothing is guaranteed. And it's basically telling you that the entire real estate game has been shuffled, whether you take it, believe it or not. People can now work and learn from distance. They can do all this basically at home. Expatriates can travel a lot less. Some countries have already started to look into space management within the building. And investors are starting to consider COVID-friendly projects to invest. So with a huge drop of demand from expatriates or students, I have already heard from different types of investors that they failed to get the rent. And what's even worse is that they, they failed to resell them out because the market at the moment becomes uncertain and the demand that they used to believe to be sustainable is no longer the case. It ranged from whether you're talking about developed market like UK or even Airbnb model in emerging markets. So then you might start to realize, okay, so what's next? What should I do next? What should be my next strategy? Well, there's a good news for you. I'm actually hosting a webinar on this very topic. For those that who are looking for insights, this is a good chance because in this webinar, I'm going to share tips on the real estate investment approach which most experienced investors are secretly taking out. I will also share how these investors strategically placing the investment and most importantly, how you can also do that too. So all you need to do is click the link below, select the time that you can register for the webinar, and I'll see you on the other side. Sounds good? Cool. Now, in the meantime, if you have any questions or topics that you would like me to cover in the next episode, feel free to email us on info at santigononyonacademy.com. And I'll see you in the next episode or the webinar. All right. Take care and see you next time.